the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. All right. Welcome. Welcome to another uh, show of Wake the Bear Radio. And, uh, you know, with that, we kind of started off different today. And I think uh, we're just going to say a quick prayer because usually we spend a time in prayer, but we had some scrambling, some things. Uh, we have uh, Brandon, who is off site at a last minute thing that didn't uh, allow him to get back in time to his studio. So, um, but I'm here. But you are here. Yes, you are definitely in voice. Good looking picture there. Um, Thank you. So, hey, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to uh, just share uh, the news that we've collected and some thoughts on it. Father, we ask that you just gather uh, gather what needs to be and uh, help us dispense what needs to be heard and uh, just give us clarity of mind and just bless this evening. Bless our audience. Uh, just thank you for them, each and every one of them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Yes. We usually do a much more longer prayer, but hey. It's not the length; it's uh, it's the heart behind it. Amen. So, uh, you know, we do we do try to to be you know honest in every way, and and so sometimes we ask the Lord guide us so we don't accidentally say something that might not be a hundred percent correct, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And so, um, anyway, well, and the reality is, is that we know that if you are if we are asking tough questions, we're we're not always going to be a hundred percent accurate because there's so much misinformation out there. So we have to really use discernment, the spiritual gift of discernment to really determine, you know, okay, what is God saying in this? What is, what is, what is the truth here? And, and that's hard. And that's what we're about, but we, you know, we're not, we're not guaranteeing that everything we cover is hundred percent accurate. Although we want to, we want to be so. Yep. Yeah. I think that's the challenge, isn't it right now that um, I've noticed in the last two, three months, it is, really essential that we uh, double check everything and triple check everything because we have a responsibility as as co-hosts as we speak out what we're discerning and what we we think is accurate because we are disseminating information and we just want our listeners to know we do not want to disseminate anything but uh, as much truth as possible and so tonight our um, our show's name is Hurry up and wait. And uh, <laughs> we were, we were, we, when we get together, we, we kind of think about common themes. And what we were thinking is, is how the house is doing the hurry up and wait um, with the Speaker of the House, uh, the Congress. And then uh, what's going on outside the Gaza Strip with the Israeli standoff with Gaza. It's not really a standoff, but they, they haven't entered into a uh, really a, a hand-to-hand combat situation, and then it just it feels like what's what's going on with uh, the election and other types of news. It's um, it feels like something's about to bubble, but it isn't quite bubbling yet. So that yeah. hurry up and wait theme was something that we wanted to grab hold of. Well, and what's interesting about that, Chris, when you said that is if you remember two or three weeks ago, we had a theme called it's eerily quiet. And it just seemed like the news cycle had kind of slowed down a little bit. And it felt like something was like the the other shoe was about to fall. And of course, that was the week that the attack by Hamas on 
on Israel in southern Israel happened. So, it, you know, I, I do believe that we are discerning um, from the Holy Spirit what is what is taking place. And so, yeah, we're just we're just doing the best we can. And I think we're doing a pretty good job. And I do think that that concept of hurry up and wait, that military concept, it's almost like, you know, many, many people believe there's an operation going on. We're watching a movie and it's like, man, this this reality cannot come any quicker, like the wakening up of people and the opening the doors to some of the devolution, um, continuity of government types of material. It's like, I mean, I, we heard Trump say three different times um, that in the next five months, we're going to restore our country back to uh, take it back from the hands of Biden. So it's like, all right, yeah, well, let's can we hurry up and get this done? We've been waiting a long time. But when you're in a military operation, you can't put the cart before the horse. You have to wait the right time to do the right thing in the right order. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of question about what does that look like? What does that even mean that in five months? Because if you do the math, obviously the election isn't for another 13 months. And so there is this um, this, this kind of uh, hope, but at the same time, scratching your head going, what is he talking about? Because... Holy. We're not quite an election season, although we do have primaries coming up in March. Um, and I know there's some other theories on what he's talking about. You know, that's the first time I've heard uh, President Trump actually pick kind of a date or quantitative. You know, in the past, it was before 2024, before the election, you know, before this early. But it was yeah. never really defined that was the first time i had heard just in the last couple of months you know five months and and today in his uh, speech today as well you know so it is pinpointing towards a particular month you know whether it be end of february or beginning of march you know i remember uh, listening to elijah streams this week um and it was uh, Derek johnson which is a uh, you know, he was in, involved in the military and he has some background and he really has been able to decipher a lot of things, war manuals and things like that. And he was asked that question, well, what do you think could happen in five months? And he goes, well, he doesn't know for sure. But what he felt like was that was up to Theodore Roosevelt. They uh, That was the inauguration day. And then it got changed right. out to Theodore Roosevelt. So and that was March 4th, I believe. Um, so he, it might be referencing that that's, that's a possibility. Yeah. That's his interpretation. Uh, you know, a lot of what Derek Johnson says, he, he, sometimes his, he's not very clear, but I went ahead and listened to that, that entire, um, I think you sent it to me, Ron, that entire Elijah streams interview with Derek Johnson in every document he mentions, I looked up on the department of justice, the department of defense website on dot govs and every piece of information he mentioned is there. You can follow it. You can look it up and read it. Now, it's in a lot of legal jargon, but basically what he's saying is, is that we are in the middle of a mil military operation. The, the 2015 Law of War Manual, which was you know it, ad uh, adopted in 2015 before Trump was in office, it actually talks about on 11.3 that there is a belligerent, if, if there is a belligerent occupation of a foreign government that has taken over a government, that you're supposed to let it do, follow, let it uh, go its course, let it run its course until it is no longer in charge of the nation. 
which is a biz very bizarre thing. But the Law of War manual is a Department of Defense manual. It's on the gov.gov website. You can read about it. It's the theory, it's the theories, practices, and specifically the laws of war that our government has adopted. So, and they highlighted, you know, the, the various posts highlighted 11.3 on there. So I, I highly encourage people to check out that manual, Law of War 2015, um, Law of War manual on the Department of Defense website. So the, yeah, I think I, we'll, we'll put that on our notes. Yeah, the assumption is that we're in war, that yes. we are at war and Trump is a wartime president at least as far as commander in chief is that not right yes and and we're in a fifth generation war we're not in a we are not in a hot war it's a different type of warfare general flynn has a book that he published i think we talked about this before that actually says you know it's called a fifth generational warfare for the average civilian and uh it, it goes through what what we're in right now we are in an information war to to help the masses come to a realization of what has been gone, what has gone on over the many years that of taking the power out of the hands of the people, and Trump said from his very first inaugural address, "This is the beginning of handing the power from the jokers in in, in north of Richmond, from these jokers here behind me, back into the hands of the people." And so it isn't, yeah, it isn't just Washington, is it? It's it's really the the concept of the deep state goes into every um, every country's government, there's a uh, shadow type of government would be part of that, um, that the theory of that. So it's the Babylonian system of the one world government, the, the um, WEF and the WHO and the UN, and it's basically the cabal uh, Luciferian structure that uh, we're talking about. So it's... Um, it's it's an interesting thought to think that we are at war and if that is true that there are certain executive orders that he is working under um trying to allow the people of the nations not just america to see that there's something going on that needs to be brought to uh brought to justice and needs to be reset, not the way that Klaus Schwab wants the reset, <laughs> but, but to uh, really overturn the globalists government that has been going on for a long time through the banksters and the gangsters uh, and the military um, industrial complex. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, well, so what else is you got here? That's it, huh? I'm just showing you the end of occupation. A belligerent occupation ceases when the conditions for its application are no longer met. In particular, as discussed below, the status of belligerent occupation ceases when the invader no longer factually governs the occupied territory or when the hostile relationship no longer exists between the state of the occupied territory and the occupying power. So the reason that's so important is, is the assumption is that the election was stolen. Yes. And that uh, that that it was whether it was done through the CCP or through whatever methods it was done, that um, that the uh, government that is currently in Washington has been installed. And as a result, it's a belligerent occupation. That's what where the belligerent occupation comes from. Is that not right? Yeah, that's right. It says the belligerent occupation ends when the occupying power no longer has effectively 
placed the occupied territory under its control. And for example, in an uprising by a local population. So this applies to all different nations, but it applies also to our nation. And I, I believe, I really believe after listening to Derek Johnson, that that is what is happening right now. And, and I've always held that belief, but it, you know, it gets shaken here or there like all of us do. Yeah, he had said something on that interview that I'd never really thought about before when he said, you know, when um, Trump says America first, he's not just saying it's all about us. He's right. saying America will lead the rest of the nations through the awakening process of booting out the globalists and restoring their nation back into a... Um, a righteous type of government, or at least a government by the people instead of by the globalists. Yes. Yeah, and I think he talks a lot about the capitulation tour that Trump had done. Donald Trump had had, had toured many big nations, and other nations had come here, uh, getting things prepared for that. And so that was uh, what was that? The Great Awakening, that movie we recently saw a couple of weeks back. Yeah, there was one. Yeah, the Great Awakening and on um, Lion, um, Brave Lion, and 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 there's another one by A Anon. If you go onto X and you type in A Anon, he makes some really good videos. Um, and that one of them is the the devolution theory and the capitulation tour. Yeah, that was really well done. So I, I was hearing that interview, and I'm like, yeah, I've heard that capitulation tour. I've I've heard that before, and uh, that was definitely a good, you know, because. People are trying to figure out what is happening right now. You know, mm -hmm. even steering towards Israel in that uh, that interview. You know, you know, did did Biden actually have the power to to send an aircraft carrier over? Well, it was already in the neighborhood, so it was you know something that Donald Trump had had that commissioned out there earlier, and it's been staying out there. So it's not like it came from our eastern shores, and then as soon as it gets there, now it's on hold. You know, mm -hmm. and yep. uh, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. This guy's really good. He got a lot of really great material on here. I encourage people to go watch his videos, uh, A Anon, and some of the stuff that we're talking about. It's a, if you want a real good, clear, concise evaluation of what's going on, he is explaining it very, very well. And then, of course, that that um, speak, you know, that interview by um, I can't remember his name. Who's on Elijah Elijah lists? Yeah, Derek uh, Johnson. Derek Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it seems like um, there are just a lot of questions about Israel and what's going on. It's interesting that uh, Trump, when he had his speech today in New Hampshire, he he said some things about Israel kind of in code, but he never the questions that are in a lot of our mind is what's what took how could this have happened with the IDF in the delay of seven hours in yeah. um, in a system that we know is uh, high intelligence and high excellence, and so that that befuddles people into thinking there had to have been a conspiracy within the government to delay it. There had to be some sort of stand down order. Why would they do that? And so there's just a lot of questions. Um, so if you have questions, you're not the only ones. It's because there are questions. Yes. And this guy right here, um, he's an Israeli, former IDF, Israeli Defense Force. He says, without a shadow of a doubt, he is 100% convinced that, that, the, that Israel knew, had to have known about it. 
and it was there was a stand down order or there was some sort of um kind of like our 9-11 where it was an inside job and he actually gets very angry he says this was an inside job you can't have people just with trucks and motorcycles and machine guns breaking through the most secure border in the world having eight hours to take captives with no resistance he said it's it is completely antithetical to everything they're trained it, it, either that or idf has become so completely inept and he says that's not and it's not inept it was it was an inside job so and i, I encourage people to go check out this guy on um the real fly he i'm not going to play because it's too long but exactly what you were saying chris that that you're at you should be asking questions you know there's good good guys and bad guys in israel and it looks like the bad guys allowed this to happen and or at least you know look the other way for a period of time now is it this um do you know what his name is is that the uh the the x the the twitter um Vincent. the actual person that's on there the real fly yeah um his name is Vin, uh gosh i can't remember what his name is Vincent uh, Kennedy down below yeah he, he says his name okay. um i don't know if that's his name Vin, okay. no Vincent Kennedy. My, my, yeah, that's a different person. But the guy who says it, I believe he says his name, and he's I, so, and very sounds very credible to me. Now, could it be wrong? Yes, but what he's saying is basically, I think, true. So, yeah, and he explains things pretty well. I mean, even even the issue of the the United States coming over to help, it's like we don't really need help. I mean, we they don't even have a tank; they have a bunch of pickup trucks, and they had some hang gliders you know, right. with some arms and stuff. And he says, why that doesn't make any sense at all. So there is yeah. something behind this. It's really yeah, Mon monkey work says, and he shows a photo of uh, BB Netanyahu with, with the actual IDF fighters. And they have, if you look, they have the most advanced rifles on the planet with laser targeting systems. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it's not, and, and they have, you know, every single person has to serve in the ADF, IDF if you're able-bodied for two years. So they have, uh, you know, everybody's trained. They, they, they don't need our manpower. They don't really need our money. What they need is our prayers and they need, um, we need God to show up and clean out the dark hats and whoever's mm -hmm. pushing a war because general McCart, um, what is it? Ma, I think McGregor. McGregor. He says that it, it, it you know, the, to be able to go in there and go into the underground, um, labyrinth of tunnels, is is really hard like we wouldn't be able to even do it well and it's a lot it would be a lot of lo lo loss of life so what needs to happen is they need to take the head off hamas and all the people that you know were involved but to try to just go in there and and, and get every last person out you'll end up creating more um more hateful um recruits for hamas you know and, and i i want to hear a, whenever a general say stuff like that i go yeah you know that lust for war People need to be careful that lust for revenge can really drive um, and that, and has driven many wars. I mean, there's a movie called All Wars or Bankers Wars, and almost every one of them has a false flag that was allowed to happen to draw the masses into the, a lust for war. And and granted, we need to see, we want to see justice. I, I, I want to see justice for the horrible atrocities that Hamas committed. But we don't want to see more loss of life on either side if, if we can help it. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I, I want to share just, you know, just as a reaction with the United States, Joe Biden has decided to, you know, 
asked for more money. And so he came up with a $105 billion package. Um, so yeah, if you could see that, yeah. So 60, out of the 105 billion, 61.4 billion go to Ukraine. And it's very interesting because wow. Ukraine was just running out of support. I mean, Congress was like, you know what? American people are tired of this. We keep on throwing money after money after money. And they were rapidly losing support. So now all of a sudden, what you're doing is you're holding people that really, really like to support Israel. And it's like, hey, let's put a bone out there. If you want to support Israel, well, you got 61.4 billion have to go to Ukraine. And so what's that leave for Israel? Well, they're going to give 14.3 billion in aid to Israel. Mm -hmm. So they're bundling the spending so that you can't, you have to vote for the other one if you're going to vote for one. Yeah. Exactly. Very, very strategic, very tricky, very political. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then they have 10 billion for humanitarian assistance, which I think is good, but it's Ukraine, Israel, Gaza, and then a little bit on the, um, Mexico border. Then it's 7.4 billion for Taiwan in that that area. So they're getting ready for something there. And mm -hmm. and we've heard it all along, you know, a lot of our alternative media is saying, "Hey, look, as soon as uh Ukraine gets full heat, you know, that's when China may make their move onto Taiwan. It would be the perfect time." So you're starting to see a little bit of that. So they're getting things ready, submarine, uh they're going to update some bases there. And then you got $13.6 billion in addressing the security at the U.S. border. Well, what do you think that is? Like border wall? No, it's not like that at all. It's more temporary holding facilities. It's more border agents and asylum mm -hmm. officers to process and have immig uh, 375 immigration judge teams. So it's really how to get more people in through the border. That's mm -hmm. what they're throwing, you know, pulling out of that. And, and so there's, I don't see anything to do with the wall. I just see everything to do with, they, they do have a little bit, 1.2 billion towards, uh, you know, fighting fentanyl. Good luck, right? I mean, the CIA is behind a lot of drug trade and, and all that mm -hmm. stuff, cartel. So right. I don't know, maybe that's going to help the CIA do their job of running drugs or something. I don't know. But, you know, very little, very little's left. The, the big chunk was how do you get more people through the border? Well, if you love Israel that much, let's throw in this and 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 we can, you know, we can get people because it's a conservative base that really likes to support Israel. I mean, you know, right. the Christian faith, you know, it's the, it's the motherland of where Jesus came from. There's a lot of uh, commonalities, you know, uh, with the Bible. Half the Bible is 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 shared between, uh, you know, Jews and and Christians. And so there's this tie. There is this tie. And there's some other ties, too. But. And so they know how do we get the things we will really want, like mm -hmm. money to get people across the border, money to get into Ukraine. How do we get that? Well, let's just hold this bone, this Israel bone over everybody's, uh, you know. And so, I mean, that's what, 13.6? That's almost as much as what they're giving to Israel, 14.3. You know, yeah. it's just like, hmm. And it comes right then, mm -hmm. right after this war. So I, I, I smell something fishy. That's that's all I could say. I, I just think it's really in poor taste. Um, what our our I don't want to say our government, what the Biden administration, the Biden administration is the one who put this package together. And it's just an yeah. ex excuse to spend more money that people don't have. 
you know. Well, it does make you wonder whether or not there might have been some contrived situation in Israel in order to get the money flow going again for Ukraine. Yes. And we know that um, that that the endless wars does. Uh, it is one of the things that supports the deep state operations is the uh, military industrial complex that and trafficking, basically human trafficking, human slavery, um, the, the selling of children and their body parts and um, for both sex and for all, all things that that is their primary financial basis for, um, for, keeping the the whole deep state monetarily going and uh, meanwhile i mean here we have during the the crises it's so interesting <laughs> that congress is doesn't have that we don't have a speaker of the house and um during the it says biden hits the beach with the middle east and when uh, with congress in chaos uh, it's just a um typical picture of one more picture of Biden on the beach, which that even feels contrived to me. I mean, there's just, I just feel like I keep getting this hook stuck in this, in my mouth, like uh, <laughs> we're going to catch another one. You know, there's so many storylines that, uh, will they bite on this one? Will they bite on that one? And I feel manipulated and I'm ticked off about it. You know, I'm just kind of tired of being told what to think and what the story is. And uh, I think that's part of this hurry up and wait. My my heart really says, uh, before I get too much, want to throw our money after things or get too heavily on board, um, I want to know what the real issues are. I mean, that the way of, of showing that, that seven hours, you think even that whole process of the terrorists coming over, you know, if they had wanted to kidnap a bunch of people and kill a bunch of people, they would have done it like Navy SEALs. They would have gone in, they would have done it, but they tortured people. They took seven hours, they burned people, they beheaded people. They slowly went from house to house to house. It wasn't like 9-11 where we, we lost a ton of people in one big, you know, two, these, these buildings ex, um, exploding, a demolition of these buildings. This was very graphic, very well documented, GoPro cameras, one person at a time being terrorized, one family at a time um, being raped and tortured and um, hunted down. So it just is so dark. Um, I, I have so many questions around it, but my um, my alarms are going up all over the yeah. place about contrived narratives. It's not that these the all these things happen, but it's we're being our emotions are being manipulated on purpose at the horror of how terrible these things uh, were. And they're just still finding, um, my heart is just so broken for those families that were part of the loss. Yeah. And, you know, it's, just, it's it concerns me, even amongst the conservative movement. I'm hearing some, you know, talking heads that are totally pushing, like, just wipe them all out, annihilate them, you know. And it's just like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, we don't know. 
you know, there, there's two sides to every story and, and we really need to listen to both sides. Yes, yeah. there are definitely some abuses, I think, to the Palestinians. I've heard for years the way the, the conditions that they've lived under. And I get it. They're, you know, they can't they can't leave. They're stuck in there. They can't do anything. They get thrown in jail for practically nothing. But then I see Israel. They, they always seem to be getting attacked and they, they go through a lot as well. Uh, that's why they have so much fortification, you know, but it, it's like, those are the innocent people, you know, the people that live in those areas, it's, it's the people above, you know, and, and so we really need to take a step back. I really believe that uh, we can't just jump on a side too quickly. I mean, I look at, you know, I was watching, uh, what was it? Uh, and we know they, they had a, they highlighted a movie called the mystery of Israel. And it was just the makings of it, you know, and it was Rothschild. I mean, it was it was a dream child of of the Rothschild. 1948 state of Israel you're talking about. Yeah. But they show Rothschild and what he is involved in in his family. And I mean, the satanic worship these guys were involved in and, and still are. I mean, they, they show the the jewelry that they wear, the people they they hang out with, the the, the people they promote, you know, the the Maria Vonick. Uh, what is it? Uh, Maria Bervanovich, you know, that, that's sort of, that's the sort of people they like to hang out and promote. And, um, I, I just found it really, really concerning to, to see that, you know, that there's people behind pushing something and, and, and look what it's done. It's gotten everybody riled up. It's a cup of trembling as the scriptures call, you know? And so, um, anyway, we need to, yeah, be level-headed about, about what's going on. Well, well we think, know, you know you've got two million um two million Palestinians in this five mile by twenty-five mile Gaza Strip, and you have three hundred thousand Hamas. I'm sorry, thirty thousand Hamas. Okay, Take yeah. zero off of that. Thirty thousand Hamas and uh, I was listening to an interview of an older Pal uh, Palestinian man, and he was being asked, "What happens when you get aid?" And he said, uh, "We see the boxes come in, and seventy-five. He said seventy-five percent of the Palestinians in Gaza do not um, side with Hamas. Right? They, said they get basically they get they apprehend the material." that on clearly says on the boxes, not for sale. It was donated by nations or by individuals. And then they hold that as ransom and basically barter with it so that um, any sort of recipients of the aid have got to pay for it somehow. And so it's black. It goes all on the black market or their family members get everything, the cream off the crop the top and uh, what's left out is sold, but nothing yeah. it, it is basically, he said, nothing is given to us. We have to, we have to barter for everything. So the Hamas families and the people who are part of Hamas get all of, all of the, the wealth that's given. And then they, then they sell off a bunch of it to yeah. people to, to sell it in the streets. And the average person who really, really needs it doesn't get it. Yeah. It's that's a cartel. Right. Yeah, it's a cartel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you think that six billion that uh Joe Biden had given, you know, to the um well, it went to Iran. And then yeah. Iran unless you have, unless you have international 
you know, peacekeeping forces who are, uh, who are covering and holding accountable every detail of where that money goes. It, and, you know, then it's just going to go to fund, you know, terrorism. And by the time, you know, Iran got it, they said, oh, yeah, we're going to use it for whatever we want. <laughs> for our money. So, yeah. I mean, think about the total irony, right? You have you have uh, what Joe Biden, he, he's saying, hey, I, I am here to support Israel. We're going to stand with Israel. Well, the problem was created by him giving money. I mean, he added to the problem, at least, you know, six billion to people that wind up using it against Israel. And then he asked to fund Ukraine. Aren't there neo-Nazis there? I mean, isn't that the Azov battalions and stuff like that? I mean, these yep. are people that want to exterminate the Jews. And he's asking for $61.4 billion to help Ukraine, which is a huge segment of their, their fighting force is the Azov battalion. And, and it was clearly shown. I mean, even uh, Victoria Nuland, who pushed for the overthrow of, of a, a really a democratic government at the time, uh, and and we installed our own. She was asked about um, the Azov Battalion, and she goes, "Well, you know, you've got some good and you got some bad, and and we just kind of have to support them all, you know." So she even admitted that, "Hey, there's some really really nefarious people that we're supporting and that we're promoting." And uh, so I think it's a total irony that that Joe Biden would go and and claim that he supports Israel, yet. He creates the problem or adds to the problem money, and then he asks for more money. And it, what is it? Almost five times as much goes towards, you know, people that want to exterminate Jews, you know. So I, I, I don't know. I just find that really a slap in the face and ironic at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, why this is important, I'm going to just put up what Trump said today during his speech. Uh, and this is actually off his, his truth. He said the fight in Gaza is coming home to the United States of America. And that's why we're talking about this. We need to remember what happened from Hamas into Israel. Uh, and they did not have an open border. So the fight in Gaza is coming home to the USA. The tens of thousands of strong young men from the Middle East that have already invaded our country and are continuing to come totally unchecked, will become a problem, the likes of which we've never seen before. Crooked Joe Biden is a very ignorant, stupid man who has never been right on a foreign policy issue in his life. Close our borders now, stop the onslaught, and stop the invasion. And so basically, um, he's likening he, uh, Trump is wanting to wake America up to the idea that uh, this could happen in uh, America very easily. And, and really not just if it's going to be when, because uh, there have been many security announcements of, I know even this, this weekend in San Diego, there was a uh, police sheriff, sheriff, I think it was sheriff County of uh, San Diego they came out with uh, watch the borders for Hamas and Hezbollah and other um, terrorist activity from the Middle East trying to cross our border. And they gave uh, basically what to look for and that there was a, a need for heightened alert by Border Patrol and the Sheriff's Department. And that would be after 
they'd already entered in. So, so we know that our border has been breached. I guess it's almost not being breached if it's open. You know, it's they're just kind of going through the door. But we know that this is a situation that is um, is at our doorstep. And I think uh, Trump wants us to be very aware, very alert, very careful. He said it many times in his speech today. I'm quite concerned is what he, he said. And it was not trying to create fear, but we need that awareness that we're not that different right now from Israel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you saw all the protesters just in big cities across our country. I mean, I, I was watching videos of it where they were starting to stop traffic, kicking in windows and doors of cars. You know, they had an elderly man that was surrounded and he just, you know, wind up having to punch through. But he uh, was very scared. So there, there is starting to see that. And it looks a lot like the old BLM uh, protests, you know. There must be I, election it, season. Yeah, yeah. You got to change, change it up, I guess. Keep things, uh, keep things new, you know. Yeah, but my my concern is, I mean, this is blatant anti-Semitic activity that's taking place. They are uh, not just using um, kind of hate language. They're talking about death and they're talking about laugh. They're laughing. And this is before the missiles started back into Gaza. Uh, some of the protests were, were uh, celebrating the death of uh, what was going on in Israel uh, uh, and it to the Israelis. And so they're just, there's something very, very twisted and perverted. It, it says uh, things aren't right. It's very unsettling and uh, very disturbing. And uh, for, you know, I, I have um, relatives who my, some of my, um, my relatives are married to full, full Jewish people and, and I have friends who are Jewish and I know that it must be concerning and it's not, I, I mean, it's not going to be just Jewish. It could be going into the Christian uh, population too, that we need to be uh, really nip this thing in the bud and not tolerate anything in our, our nation about uh, violence of this kind against our own people. Amen. Then, and the reality is, is that if it can happen there, it can happen here. Mm -hmm. And if if the deep state can look the other way and allow it to happen, our deep state can look the other way and let it happen here. And and we know that you know the ruling class, the 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 deep state ruling class, they want us to fight against each other. They want to create hate on both sides because they can manipulate people better if they're operating in the, that, those lower vibrations, those hateful vibrations or fear. Fear and hate is what the, the elite class have used to manipulate the populations to get them to fight against each other while they bring about their ultimate plans and their ultimate goals. And I really do think that, you know, constantly think how can the white hats that we know, military, DHS, or Department of Homeland Security, how can these people who have taken an oath of office to secure the borders to 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 fight against all um, you know all enemies foreign and domestic? How do they justify a letting these people come in, giving them cards for like twelve hundred dollars a month of free money, you know American money, to let them spend and live in our country? And I just I just don't understand. There's got to be 
some people out there, there's got to be some good people have, that have some sort of a plan. And I've heard Trump say, you know, we're going to have a massive deportation. I'm like, well, how are you going to manage that? That's going to take a ton of military to do that. But here's here's the theory that I'm I'm hoping for. If they give them a digital currency card and they tell them there's $1,200 on it per month, then they can track where they're at, wherever they spend it. And if there's a chip in the card, they can probably track exactly where they're at before they spend it. So um, hopefully, you know, that $1,200 hook is keeping it so that um, the White Hats can monitor the activities that people coming through. Now, I'm sure people are still going to get through. I'm sure people are going to sell off that those cards. You know, I, I, maybe it's not. But, or, or maybe it's a chance for the, the elites to test out global currency on a population that's coming through. So, you know, when I look at stuff like this, I go back and forth. I go, okay, what's the white hats getting out of this? All right, what are the what are the dark hats getting out of this? What are the people in the middle trying to see? And you have to really think to discern what's the forces, which forces are getting what, that whole pro bono or, or follow the money, what follow the agenda of, you know, the central yeah. bank digital currency. The, uh, the attempt to bring in an uh, ultimate surveillance state, the attempt to water down uh, America with people that don't know our values because they don't know our stories, and they don't know our laws, and they don't, you know, and they can't contribute to the populations here in an effective way. And so they're basically slaves, and therefore that's going to help to get everybody else to become slave class, you know. So you've got to kind of go back and forth, back and forth. What is each side getting out of it for you to really understand that there's a massive chess game going on? Yeah, yeah. That's really a good reminder, um, Brandon, that 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 comes back to our discernment. And as we evaluate things, it's really important, even as we're saying, this is what we notice, this is what we see. Um, by no means should you get into fear over it. It's it's a waking up and a rising up. We call our representatives and say, we've had enough of this open border. We've had enough of uh, sending our money over overseas. And even um, even right now, I mean, I'm I'm not sad that Congress doesn't have speech. Of that, yeah, amen, amen. And I I just put up a meme that says, The biggest gang of thieves the world has ever seen. And you know, I say this not with, with joy, but the truth is that there are a lot of things in Congress that have come out in the last few months, as far as the uniparty, uh, as as people have not supported very basic, sensible. Uh, legislation and basic sensible, even with uh, Jim Jordan, oh, I, he should have been a shoe in. Um, but there's there was such a pushback, and so we once again we have what nine uh, candidates. I don't know if there there's ten now. There might have been a new one coming in tonight, but we have at least nine candidates who are trying to get the speakership of the house. And uh, it just feels like, um, hurry up and wait. (laughs) I'm not so willing to give our money away. So all those things that, Ron, you went through about where the billions were going, they can't go anywhere until Congress has some leadership and they can vote on some things. 
and they're not going to be really voting on some things until they um, of this magnitude until they have a new house um, speaker of the house. Well, that could be part of a plan. You know, how, how else do you, there's so many sellouts. So if you have a hundred percent of Democrats supporting something and then just a handful of Republicans, you can basically do what they've been doing, you know, ominous bill. And so if you, how do you stop it? You get rid of the speaker and then it can't be called up. So I, I, it could be a brilliant move in, in that sense, knowing, but you know, all of those nine uh, candidates right now for speaker running to, uh, you know, I don't know, just to, to make their resume look better and, and pop themselves up. They have to actually get a hundred percent almost of, of the Republicans. Cause you know, you're not going to have the Democrats, right? They're, they're all going to support their Democrat guy. Cause they know, and he doesn't have a snowball's chance unless you get some real terrible rhinos. Uh, but I don't see that happening. Um, so, so what, what's, you know, what's going to happen? It means out of those nine, it's not the person that's got the most out of the nine. It's got to be like nobody else gets anything. And yeah, they'll have to whittle, whittle that, yeah. um, that field down pretty far, won't they? And that, that, I don't know what that whittling process is. I heard something that terrified me today, <laughs> which was, what if Liz Cheney is nominated, puts in her her um, her candidacy and all the Democrats plus five rhinos is all they need to get her as Speaker of the House? Oh, man. I mean, talk about a nightmare. Oh, my yeah. gosh. She was talking about she's not going to run, definitely not running for, for president, which, uh, you know, she doesn't have a chance, but she... She made that very clear, but she did say, because I want to make sure MAGA doesn't win or that the cult behind MAGA doesn't win. So she said she was willing to even back Democrats at, at the expense of backing Democrats so that Trump would not. He, she said, Trump is the worst thing that could happen to America. Oh, and when I heard that, it just so she she was really honest about saying, I don't mind backing uh, Democrats as long as it's not Trump. Yeah. Uh, talk about betrayal. You know, one of the the other things that the general um, that we were <clears throat> referring to earlier, he was saying that. It doesn't really matter who you have in office, you get the same policies. And you know, he, he acknowledges the uniparty. It doesn't it, it, that the, the American people are fed up with it. Doesn't really matter who you vote in; they all just keep going along with the exact same policies. And um, I think it was General McGregor. Is that his name? Yeah, I keep having a hard time remembering his name. But he he's brilliant. I love listening to him, even though I can't remember his name. Amazing guy. So, I, you know, I, I know um, Matt Gates did a really good analysis on all nine, and I thought he was very fair. And I'll probably put that in our notes. If, if somebody wants to read through or watch this, you know, it's a short re, uh, a short watch, but he, he goes through each person. And there were a couple standouts um, that I, I thought that were good. Uh, I know Byron Donald's... Um, he had a support from Trump at one time, uh, not necessarily right now, but that his time will come. But he uh, he did he was endorsed when he ran for office, uh, so that was a good a good sign uh, that he would do. He's a pretty charismatic uh, fellow as well. 
they had one that was a, uh, a constitutional, I think it was Mike Johnson. Yeah. Constitutional uh, lawyer, a part of yeah. a lot of committees that Jim Jordan is on, you know, investigating things like that. And so he was another one that would be a really good one. Yeah, he's um, from, think, from Louisiana and Gates, um, Gates like Tim. I know going back to Byron Donalds, he's an African-American man. And he, one of the things, his platform, he's, they've got these platforms or candidacies that they're running on is he said, he pledges that if he becomes Speaker of the House, he will uh, require the release of all January 6th footage. And he is a member of the House Freedom Caucus. So we know that's the the um, uh, the Jim Jordan uh, gang of <laughs> whatever they are. I'm not quite sure how many there are, but uh, he just sounds he's also um, hasn't been in uh, in the Congress a long time, but he was a member of the state. Uh, legislation for quite a while in Florida. So he and Matt Gates are both from from Florida. Yeah, you know what's interesting about him is that Matt says, you know, there's these nine people. Let me tell you all the good things about them, and then the things I'm concerned about. And he just says some great stuff about Byron. And they're both they're both from Florida. Is an interesting thing if you look in the back. And this is most people don't know this. If you look at the flag of Florida. Look what it says on still on their flag. Yeah. God we trust. And God we trust. Yeah. I was in Florida recently and I was like, man, God's using Florida. He's bringing out some really great people and, and their motto still is in God we trust. So I, 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 based on what Matt Gates said about him, I, I'm really considering, I'm praying that, that, that he would be, you know, get the speakership. Yeah. That's good. I like Jack Bergman, uh, and he is, he was a general. He's the highest ranking member of the military in Congress in, uh, in American history. And he's a moderate from Michigan. And basically he's on the members of the armed service committee and veterans affair committee. Um, but he did vote for the, the debt limit. Uh, there are three or four candidates that, uh, were with McCarthy. And the reason that debt limit is um, increase is so detrimental is because it basically gives Biden a blank check until January 2025 to do the things that he wants to do um, that it doesn't he doesn't have limits at all. And so to have candidates that are willing to spend our money helter skelter like that without doing line item uh, legislation just feels very, very detrimental and dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's one of the biggest problems is the money spending. It's just, it's going in the wrong direction. It's just going against the, the people. I mean, my goodness, uh, what are we at? $34 trillion. I mean, that's just, made up money if you divide that by how many people mm -hmm. we have in this country that's a we can't pay it off we don't each family owns three hundred thousand dollars each family yeah basically. and how many actually pay that's the other issue right so i mean maybe half pay taxes the other half receive um and so it probably double that for anyone that's got a job right so we're three weeks into this process right now of no speaker of the house. 
some people are really mad at Matt Gates for um, requiring a vote out of McCarthy. But, you know, really he's been holding uh, McCarthy's feet to the fire for what he did not uh, accomplish and what he didn't come through. And there's so many things he promised that he didn't come through with. And so uh, my my guess is that they should be beginning the process soon because here we are Monday. Uh, they've taken so much time off during this time with um, Patrick McHenry, the interim Speaker of the House, is, has given quite a liberal freedom of, of time off. And that's even kind of makes yeah. you scratch your head going, what's going on? Except for he's a friend of McCarthy. So, you know, to, whatever's going on in Washington, it's beyond my understanding, not because we're not smart enough. It's because I just think there's a lot of chess, like you said, Brandon, there's a, a big chess game going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we really need to be following it because it's our government. It's we, the people, if we're not involved, we're just letting someone else make all the decisions for us. That's what got us into this mess. And I think that's what uh, people are starting to recognize and as they wake up. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we're, we're really at a place across us right now. The American people are going to either wake up um, and we're going to take back our nation or we're going to stay asleep and we're going to let this corruption continue. And I, I think Matt Gates, President Trump, I think these people are saying, not on my watch. No longer am I going to sit and watch this corruption go on. We've got to have to, we have to do something about it. And that's why I don't care if people are mad at Matt Gates. He is the only, he and a very few others are listening to say, listen, we can't let things keep going the way they have gone. You're, you're going to keep getting the madness that we have and the same policies that we have and the endless wars and all the people north of Richmond getting richer and richer and richer and American dollar getting more and more devalued, more and more, more and more inflation, more and more in debt. There's, there's something wrong with the system. And Matt Gates is saying, listen, I don't care if you hate me. I don't care if you vote me out. I don't, I'm going to do right by the American people. And those are the type of people, those, those people who set their face like Flint to do what is right. Even if it costs them, those are the people we need in government because those are the people that founded this nation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's it's just amazing how people are just they're just tuned to go forward. They all complain and say the same thing. I don't trust any politicians. You know, I don't like what or how our money is being spent. But nobody's willing to really make a change. And then you get somebody like Matt Gates that comes along, and then all kinds of people get upset. I guess it's probably mostly his peers getting upset because they like to you know they like to get the money. And uh, and they're part of the corrupt system, but absolutely, uh, absolutely, they yeah. want the gravy train to keep going. They want that yeah. gravy train not to stop. And Love you know, the, the, the people that founded this nation, they said, "We are signing our death warrant when we sign that Declaration of Independence. We are giving our lives, our liberty, and our sacred honor. We are sacrificing a ton to make this to make this government the way it is." We have to have men and women who will sacrifice a ton to keep it the way it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So as we start to wind down, what are some of the things we missed because of all the attention on Israel and maybe even the house? I mean, there's news items 
that uh, I thought were really some some really good and some not so good. You know, w one of the good ones I, I just wanted to throw out was that a, uh, a judge um, declared, "Okay, what do you got here? I'll go with that first Then yeah. This, so this this is the vigilant vigilant fox. I would er encourage everybody to follow him on X. He covers so much great content. But he said, "Here's the ten stories that have been media blacked out." The media, the mainstream media controlled by the corrupt people. These are the 10 stories they choose not to tell you about this week. <laughs> Number yeah. 10, Pfizer stocks take a huge loss because nobody wants their COVID vaccine drugs anymore. Yeah, uh, Moderna too. They just... <laughs> yeah. They're tanking. And, and you know yeah. what's interesting? I'm, I want to go back down up to this at number nine, but look down here. He actually puts all the receipts of all the things he's saying. So here's an article on Pfizer stock taking a big Good. loss because nobody wants COVID vaccines and drugs. So then you go back. What's what's number what's number nine? Elon Musk makes a strong statement in defense of the Second Amendment. If you want to follow it down here, man, praise God for that guy. He's got uh, yeah. he's, he's got the ability and the power, and he's got the money to be able to fight for what matters. Yeah, and he likened um, he uh, what happened with Hamas into Israel. He said uh, we have more than eighty million um, gun carriers who are um, basically we have a militia, and we need not to give up our militia. And speaking, of, just as a side note, with the 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 whole gun thing, you know, they had a judge that uh, on the nineteenth that declared that California's assault weapons ban is unconstitutional. Amen. That's a major, major victory. But you know, it's really sad is that was, uh, that was enacted in 1989. Think about how many years, over 30 oh years having an unconstitutional law, clearly unconstitutional. I mean, it, it, it's very clear, but yeah. yeah. Think about income tax. How long have we been paying income tax? That's pretty unconstitutional. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like nobody wants a hot potato. So what's number? Uh, what's number eight. number eight? Donald Trump unleashes on corrupt World Health Organization in a viral truth social video. I didn't see that one. Did you guys see it? Uh uh. I've not. I'll have to look at that I, right after the show. I'm going to go to Vigilant Fox. Anybody who can go after the WHO, I'm I'm all for that. Amen. Okay, number seven. Murderous doctor Destin. A destine unvaccinated patient to suffocate to death. So we're finding out that these doctors, the ones that who actually made decisions that killed people. And of course, we know that the more people that died, the greater the fear that was created and the more money if you if you documented this person died of covid. The, the, the doctors and the hospitals got more money from the federal government. We, they basically incentivized people to kill people. Well, it sounds like they didn't want to treat. They didn't want to treat her. Patients. Yeah. They've had True. some people like uh, last stages of cancer and they're like, sorry, if you don't get the jab, we're not going to you know treat you. And they go home to die. So there's. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Number six, Tyson Foods makes a big bet. That you will eat the bugs. Oh my uh, gosh. Okay, we need to just totally boycott Tyson food on every level and get the word out, just like uh, Bud Light and Target. Yep. We need to to target get a target on them and make sure that we don't get any of their products. 
We need to tie up Tyson and right. and hit him where it hurts in their in their money pockets. That's Number right. five, MP Andrew Bryden brings forth compelling evidence to the UK Parliament that the COVID nineteen shots are responsible for the excess deaths. Ooh. Which we all thought, well, what happened in 2020, 2021, 2000? Oh, the shots were delivered, and there was a massive excess deaths. And it was particularly the companies, the insurance companies that were saying they were tracking this because it was their bottom line. They had to pay out for deaths, that there's a massive excess death. Well, this Andrew Brigden has actually shown the receipts, proving yeah. to Parliament that it was because of the shots. Yeah, I know in uh, Australia this week, they said that they had a 6% increase of young people dying of cardiac arrests, but they would not use the association. Nobody wanted to say in Australia it might have been because of the vaccinations, but it was mm -hmm. the 6% of, uh, of death increase in young people. Well, and here you go. Number four, researchers find Pfizer excluded critical trial deaths from the FDA COVID-19 vaccine emergency youth authorization request. Yeah, yeah I don't being... think I heard about that one on the news. No, they are no. not telling us about this because they are corrupt. The news media is controlled by six mega corporations, and they're not telling you the truth. You've got to go find it yourself. Go on X, research yourself, find out. You find articles that that, that contradict, and then wait, read them both and figure out what the truth is. Now, do you yep. think that um, clinical trial deaths that statistic would be important to researchers? <laughs> You would think, you know, after reading uh, the, the real Anthony Fauci with uh, RFK Jr., my goodness, he, he covers all of these tests, how th they were thrown out. They were they were literally, if they didn't say what they wanted to, then they threw out the test altogether it's or they dreaded. would alter things. Oh, it is just so criminal. It is, I would encourage people, if you, if you got a lot of time to read a good size book, that would be a good one, The Real Doctor, Anthony or, Fauci. Or listen, listen to it on your commute. Yes, that's what I'm doing. All right, here you go. This, here's one that no one probably thought of. Black Lives Matter leader stands behind the January 6th prisoners, and he endorses Trump. Come on. Oh, you'll never hear that one. Uh-uh. That doesn't no. go with the narrative. So, no way. Yeah. Got the last couple here before we wrap it up. Hospitals murdered COVID patients. This is kind of what I was saying before. The more they killed, the more money they made. Well, we knew that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a no brainer. But, but they need to be held accountable. And and we want our money back. Doggone it. That was our money they took. Yep. Time to right. time to sue. I mean, the JFK said, or RFK Jr. says that it was the largest transfer of wealth from yeah. the middle class to the upper elite class in ever in all of history. Yeah. And, here, and here's the last one. It's no accident that two thirds of the world's population fell for the greatest psychological fear campaign in human history. Perverse brainwashing techniques were thoroughly studied to get you jabbed. Huh. So here's to the, 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 wow. the pure bloods. Here's to the people that fought back against this massive uh, indoctrination, the psychological fear campaign, and you stood your ground. You, you trusted in the Lord. You trusted in your own discernment. You trusted in your own gut that you shouldn't go give into this, this pressure. And you were right. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. And 
Yeah, that is. Wow. You know, what I find very interesting is that, uh, you know, if, if you're on the wrong side of things, you get investigated or you get, you get charged. And if you're on the right side of things, they let you off right side, meaning you're on the, the deep state or the dark, uh, dark side. Um, there was a, uh, influencer, social media influencer. His name is Douglas Mackey. He was sentenced to seven months in jail for tweeting, uh, tweeting something and this was in the 2016 election he basically told a bunch of democrats hey you can uh you know you can vote via text and he gave out a text number and yeah i i don't support him doing that you know it says text to hillary you know 59925 and uh the thing is is if he's an influencer and he was a conservative influencer. He's not going to have that many Democrats, I don't think, following him. But um, you know, if you cross, if you cross Hillary, she'll get you. She, yeah. You know, she's part of that list. And so, how many years has it been since 2016? I mean, it's been what uh, seven, seven years. And oh, it wasn't boom. even the 2020 election. No, oh. it was no, it wasn't. It was. Uh -huh. uh, she's a little bitter, isn't she? <laughs> A little bit. She kind of holds a grudge pretty hard. But man, I felt Ooh. bad for this guy. I mean, he simply tweeted. And I'm not saying what he did was necessarily good, but you know, he had fifty not jail time. <laughs> well, he had fifty-eight thousand, uh he had fifty-eight thousand followers. So if he had like a hundred followers, maybe you know, nothing would have happened. But since he had a lot of followers, and that's not even that much compared right. to that's others right. out there, but you know, seven months in jail. Or tweeting something like that so they said that's that's election interference oh gosh like, well, what about uh, you want to talk about election interference my goodness i mean the 2020 election is just filled with it yeah so you know and the double standard you know the j6 right i mean we had people that we, we had with jake laying on a couple times uh you know and and just a heartbreaking story and what we have we had with the palestinian um uh, what do you call it? protests? They, they, they took won. over the Capitol. They took over they the Capitol. Over the Capitol. It, looks, it looks identical to a J six. I mean, you could have said if you, if you didn't see all those flags, you'd say, Oh, they're taking over the Capitol, you know? And, and there was a little destruction. They did some vandalism and 300 were arrested. Oh, good. They arrested some people. Yeah. Long. Arrested. Yeah. Let's follow. Let's see if they're in solitary confinement for a couple of years. Catch and release. Yeah. yeah. Catch and release. Just to make a headline. That's how what's happening. How many other uh, topics you got for wrapping it up? I, I had one small, short little clip of Biden, his very clear speech that I wanted to show. Does, he have, does he have a little mask problem? Uh, well, this one, he, it's his nothing wrong with his chin. His, his mask isn't failing. Those CIA masks are brilliant. But, it, you know, you can only pump somebody up with so many drugs to keep them coherent when they're not. We talked about we talked about at the conference overall. We talked about stability. We talked about making sure that the third world, the uh, excuse me, third world, the uh, the the, uh, the southern hemisphere had access to change. It had access. To, we, it wasn't confrontational at all. We came with thank, thank you, everybody. This ends thank, the count press thank conference. You. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Got <laughs> him right off. Yeah, they had to cut him off because he just started rambling. And that's and that and that little clip that I showed you. That's only like five, like like t ten seconds. He rambled for like two minutes and made no sense whatsoever.
And then, oh, and then he sounded like he was going to take questions and all these hands went up, like, like a whole row of people went up to ask questions. Oh no, no, we're not taking any questions. You know? Oh, wow. Look at that. Oh my gosh. What's going on with his mouth and his neck? Yeah. It's, I see the chin yeah. thing. So that kind of went viral, you know, and I'm not necessarily saying I'm hundred percent behind it, but I, he does look very different. Uh, the old Joe Biden had like bags under his eyes a lot and, I don't know. Maybe he got some weird face. Throwing hardens out of his chin. Well, let's here. I'll just play what he's. Uh, he, he holds his chin. Virtually every mass shooting, every circumstance where looks like his mask has fallen off the bottom. I spoke to. Yeah, he definitely has a problem. Oh, that's so weird. It looked like the bottom of his mask. Who is jumpsuit zipped right up to his neck? If someone's going through something that's beyond their comprehension. Anyway, I just. That is so weird. Yeah. You know, the problem with that is, is that it shows the world how weak our leader is and his weakness can cause a catastrophic catastrophic global conflict just because people think that America's weak because he's weak. Well, America isn't weak because America's people aren't Amen. weak. That's Amen. right. And we, and we follow Jesus, who's our leader, not Trump, not Biden. We're following Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. So seek the Lord and get to know him because at times you're getting tough. Yeah.